Oh, hello. <clears throat> so this is my inaugural podcast. Um, not really sure what a podcast is, but I guess I'm going to try and be informative and entertaining, uh, if that doesn't sound preposterous. Um, so I'm going to try and talk about things that are going on. Uh, not necessarily in my life, I think that's boring for everyone, but uh, just things I find funny. Um, I think I may at some stage get some guests guest podcasters uh, I think that'll liven it up because that means I'll have someone to talk to and they can fill in the gaps when I go um, so yeah who should I get? I think Roscoe, I think you're going to get I'm just going to have a triple ginger snap from uh, Trader Joe's um, I think Roscoe you're going to be lined up as a good guest podcaster given that uh, we often said that we should record our drunken conversations so that seems like the ideal opportunity and then we can heavily edit it at a later date to make it uh, acceptable for a public broadcast uh, I may see if Jenny wants to do wants to join me at some stage uh, Jenny's a girl I was seeing out here but not seeing her any longer in that sense but we're still friends so that's good in fact I've made some I've made some notes here so that I don't I'm an R too much and next to Jenny I've got an arrow going to prolapsed rectum uh, which I should explain quickly before everyone gets the wrong idea. She's a nurse, and she was telling me the other day about how uh, one of her patients had a prolapsed rectum, which turns out is quite nasty. And the interesting thing about prolapsed rectum is, maybe I'll get her to talk about more about this, but there wasn't really any treatment. What they did was, apparently, they just strapped the person upside down and let it all flow back into where it should do, which I think is quite funny. Um, so, yeah, prolapsed rectum, good start. That's uh, two minutes it's taken me to real, really hit the gutter. So, yeah, that's the that's the possible guest podcasters. Neither of them have been asked, by the way, so that may not happen. Um, they may get shy. I don't know. Well, Jenny may get shy. I imagine Russell will jump at the chance. Uh, I'm not sure where my... <laughs> given I've already talked about prolapse rectums, I probably should have done this the other way around. But uh, boundaries... And I, I, I thought before about whether I was going to swear or not, and I decided no, it wouldn't be appropriate for the grandparents to hear me swearing. And in fact, if the grandparents heard me swearing, it'd be a fucking disaster. <laughs> so yeah, mum and dad, you have to scream. I think uh, maybe maybe it's maybe it's never going to be grandparent appropriate. I don't know. Um, yes, that's it really. I I was going to um, get some newspapers and or go on the internet and. Uh, poke some fun at the current news stories of the day but um, it turns out that my internet's not working currently well it's working but very very slowly it's like it's not even the good old days of dial up it's like the actually sort of sending a pigeon to draw HTML for you um, and it's not really working very well but so I'm not really going to talk about anything too current I'm, I was going to talk about the cricket uh, it's been an interesting week for cricket uh, what with the crazy events in Lahore, um, which is the usual story of the few spoiling it for the many. Um, actually, the, other, the reverse does happen, the many spoil it for the few, especially with things in this country, I think. In America, that is, but never mind. Um, yeah, I, I noticed that I had an interview with Chris Broad on a BBC website, which I watched, and he was pretty uh, upset with the security situation. Um, which I think is fairly reasonable given that he was 
coward in a coach getting shot at. It's a pretty reasonable reaction to be upset that you've been put in that position and yet he's being criticised for it. So I think that's a bit unfortunate. Um, smacks of people trying to save their own uh, face, really. You know, the fact is he was shot at, so it's fairly obvious to me that the security situation wasn't particularly uh, of a standard that you might like. Um, so it's all pretty sad, really. Um, I feel like, I don't know. I don't think England are going to be going back there for a long time. Um, on a happier note, England had a good start to the Test match today. Strauss made yet another 100, which makes him in a pretty elite group of cricketers. Um, I can't remember. Basically... He scored 1,700s quicker than Dennis Compton did, which is a fairly good effort, I think. Um, although I may still break that record, having never played a test, I can still... I think Dennis Compton got to 1,700s in 60 tests, so the BBC website told me. Uh, so I have no 100s or no tests, so that's a good average. I'm averaging exactly the same 100s as I am in test matches. Uh, but yeah, another flat wicket looks like it'll be another draw, to be honest, which is a bit disappointing. I'm not really... Uh, Sure that these wickets are particularly good for cricket, but never mind. At least England keep winning the toss. God knows what happens if we if we wouldn't have done that. Um, not really sure why England have dropped Ravi Bopara again, Essex hero that he is. Um, given he made 100 in the previous test, crazy craziness. Um, and then Shah bats for an hour and gets cramp in his hand. Um, <laughs> not sure what that's about either. But uh, I'm pleased to see they're playing two spinners because. You don't see that very often, and that's good. So that's cricket, basically. That'll poot along for the next four days. I can't listen to it, which is a bit disappointing. Otherwise, that would be an absolute treat. I did have some crazy system to route my internet through the UK and then listen to the TMS uh, broadcast that way, but basically can't be bothered anymore. As good as TMS is. Plus, they're basically playing while I'm at work all day, and I feel a bit bad about routing UNC's email internet uh, internet rather through um through the UK for the sole purpose of li me listening to TMS although I'm sure many others at UNC would be keen to listen to TMS too if they only knew what cricket was um yeah so I've got some other what other notes yeah so that's, that was the cricket oh along with my triple ginger snaps which I'm going to have a bite of now I should say the triple ginger is Fresh ginger, crystallised ginger, and ground ginger. Now I know what fresh ginger is, and I know what ground ginger is. And I've had crystallised ginger, obviously, but how the hell do you make it? Is it like, was it first crystallised for x-ray crystallography to find the structure of ginger? I'm now getting onto science talk. The other thing I got at uh, Trader Joe's, which Jenny will be pleased to hear that I went to, seeing as she was bugging me to ages to go and try it, uh, those that know me well enough will realise I don't take direction very well. The other thing I got, back to the point, is a mystery six-pack of beer, which amused me because, one, uh, I couldn't decide what beers I wanted, so the selection made a good choice, and also, I think my six-pack is a bit mysterious as well. Uh, certainly, it's well well disguised. Um, so, live, on air, or live recorded, I'll have some more of my triple ginger snap, and unwrap the mystery six pack. This is going to make some noise. And I'm going to have the first beer that comes out, but I'm, I'll talk you through the other ones because I'm not going to drink six beers in the time I'm talking because I'll probably pass out.
So, the first one out of the hat. This is like the FA Cup draw. Trader Joe's Dark, imported from Mexico, will play... Simpler Time brand Pilsner. 5.5% five, 5 that looks dangerously like lager. Mind you, all bets are off here. There's no nothing warm, flat and bitter. So, you've got to go with the flow. So, that's that, that, that's that's one, not semi-final, third final. Gila Monster Amber Lager will play... Bell's Amber Ale, that's more like it. That's from Michigan, and is 5.8%. Jesus, I'm going to be absolutely shit-faced if I drink all of these in one go. Uh, Jumping Cow Amber Ale will play... Jumping Cow Amber Ale. <laughs> well, that's going to be an interesting and tight tie. Um, so, what was the first one that I had out? The Trader Joe's Dark, imported from Mexico. This is where my expensive audio effects department comes in. You may want to silence any babies crying in the background, just so that you can revel in this sweet, sweet sound of a beer being opened. Ready? No idea if you've heard that. This is the taste test. Yeah, that, that, that's damn good. Well done, the Mexicans. How strong is this before I carry on? It doesn't say. Must say, surely. No, it tells me that I can get a cash refund. And then it's 12 fluid ounces. Which, for those enlightened people, is 355 millilitres. Same as a can of Coke. Over here, anyway. It really doesn't say. Alright, well, I'm going to have to judge for you over the course of the next 10 minutes. How strong that is. I suspect it's going to be quite strong. Well, this is quite boring. So that's the beer. The story that rumbles on here, well, it's kind of died down. Well, it is in the newspapers and probably would still be in one if I could find one. Would that is, is about this woman that had uh, octuplets, or was having octuplets. I basically lost interest in the story, but now I'm going to talk about it, so I probably should have read it. Well, she had octuplets through IVF. Which means I think she now has 13 children. And, uh, and uh, so she's either getting benefits or unemployed. But Dad, you, Dad, don't worry, you're definitely not paying for her. You're definitely not because you don't pay any US taxes. Lizzie paid for her a little bit, probably, and I'm going to pay for a little bit. Although I did find out that I'm exempt from US income tax as long as I work here for less than two years. Uh, which is a sort of $10,000 incentive to get a job in the UK within two years. But somehow I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Although science might be on the up with this, with the the uh, although the economy is pretty bad for everyone in some sense, uh, science in general might be on the up just because all these stimulus packages that are all saying oh we need to invest in in knowledge based uh, thing magics. So given that I work in a knowledge based thing magic, uh, maybe that will work out for me. Who knows? But if I was this fertility doctor who had managed to through IVF generate octuplets. Maybe generate's not the right word. Produce? No, he's produced them. Shape, mould. Let's go with fertilise. <laughs> no, no, the babies haven't been fertilised. Anyway. If I've basically manufactured eight babies as his fertility doctor, I'd be pretty uh, pretty pleased with myself. I mean, I think it's pretty immoral of him, but never mind. It's, it's a pretty good job. Robert Winston would be proud. Well, Robert Winston would be proud. 
probably be proud of his moustache that makes him look like Mario. It's a bit of a Darwinian nightmare though, because clearly this woman is an idiot. And yet her genes have been passed on to 13 other people. And here I am, with no progeny, and yet clearly, uh, well, maybe not clearly, at least a uh, relatively good set of genes intelligence-wise. I'm not sure that, genetically speaking, I'm doing so well eating my triple ginger snaps and my Trader Joe's dark premium lager. Uh, but that's probably, natural selection-wise, not so good, but uh, never mind, I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah, so maybe maybe we don't actually... Darwinianly involved anymore, given you can control your own destiny in some sense, which is which is a sad thing for Darwin. Two hundred two hundred year anniversary for Darwin this year. Um, equally well celebrated for his theory and his beard. Actually, I, at UCL he used to well, he used to live where UCL is now, but it wasn't UCL at the time. Um, UCL getting famous actually because the if anyone watches Lost, it's a character in Lost who uh, for a little bit had a pseudonym uh, of Jeremy Bentham, who's a Unitarian, Unitarian or humanist? Unitarian, I think, philosopher, and he basically established UCL. I think the, I don't never really quite got to the bottom of this, but there's like a stuffed little thing of him sitting down in a little portico type cabin, and I've never really got. People tell me that it's actually him stuff, but I mean it doesn't look like it's like a mummy or anything. I think it might. It looks more like a uh, plaster cast or um, something like that, anyway. But it's all very strange. I think he was a bit of a strange man. But it's, I, on the plus side, I, UCL was... Um, he established UCL specifically to be a secular university because all the other universities, and in fact how Darwin uh, was trained, or was at least started out, was that the idea was that even though you might study natural philosophy, as it was called back in the day, um, the end goal was that you were going to go into the clergy. Um, so that, that Darwin skewed that for sailing around the world on the Beagle with uh, Admiral Fitzroy or Captain Fitzroy as he was at the time uh, and similarly James Clerk Maxwell uh, who I know a little bit about he uh, was going to be a going into the clergy I think but then he skewed that for basically being a genius uh, much like me in that regard <laughs> in, in, in the not going into the clergy part not the genius part um, how long does it take? 14 minutes. I wonder what's a good acceptable time for a podcast. I listened to Herring and Collins' podcast, which one is the most downloaded off iTunes, and they, they prattle on for an hour, but there's two of them. So I figure if I can go for half an hour, that would be absolutely delightful. Um, what else have we got to talk to here? Oh, the other thing about that, the other thing about Darwin, if anyone wants to, given that it's the double centenary, uh, if you want to learn about him in a sort of interesting non-scientific uh, way is to read This Thing of Darkness which is by um, Harry Thompson who was a writer on Have I Got News For You but like, don't let me kid you that this book's going to be all uh, laughs and jokes and uh, satire because it's all about uh, Darwin's relationship with uh, Fitzroy and it's very good. I think I think it either won the Booker Prize or uh, was nominated. Uh, why why is it why is it called the Booker Prize and not the Book Prize? That's a typo, surely. Um, never quite worked out. Uh, I'm not going through my Trader Joe's dark beer very quickly. I think that's the problem with talking. So I'll have a big sip here. Yeah, that's some damn good stuff. It's a bit like the Pelforth 
John will be pleased to hear. Uh, I might be getting more of this in the future. I might have to... This is actually quite good because I would forget, but now I've got it down recorded. But this is a good one. Uh, and um, who was it playing? It was playing uh, in the first round, Simple Times Pilsner, well, basically. It's 3-0 up away from home. <laughs> well, that's about unfair, having not tasted the Pilsner, but Pilsners are all Pilsners, aren't they? Um, I think we may have a musical interlude in a second. <laughs> that's probably a sign that the beer's quite strong, but it will fill up some time. And, uh, and maybe it will be a nice, different thing to do. I think I'll play... Uh, Bert Janch's, at least that's Rosemary Lane. Is it his? Well, his arrangement. Maybe a traditional song. If it's a traditional song, that'll be good because it'll get around any copyright issues. If it's not, then sorry, Bert, don't sue me. Yeah, these ginger snaps really are rather good. Um, oh, what else happened this Gordon Brown. Yes, that's it. Gordon Brown gave a really excellent speech to Congress. Uh, I've watched all half an hour of it and I think he got about 15 to 20 standing ovations, um, all starting at the Democrat side, and then begrudgingly the Republicans stood up, which is to be expected. But the, um, no, it was really good, and uh, he actually looked like a statesman, which I don't think he does very often back home. Um, I think he probably, judging from the speech, I think it had a lot of, um, well, it dovetailed very nicely to Obama's, Obama bin Laden um, to his uh, his speeches and what, what the kind of direction he wants to take out of this economic mess um, so I guess that they talked pretty closely about it and he also had a, a quote from Lincoln from Lincoln's Gettysburg Address which I forget um, but he was saying in context about how Europe is eternally grateful for uh, the sacrifice of American lives in uh, World War Two. Um, so yeah, it was a good speech. And that said, I, I could get standing ovations in Congress. All you have to do is mention uh, this great nation, meaning America, a couple of times. That get your round of applause. Um, Might just mention faith, God, uh, steer clear away, steer well away from things like. Um, Abortion, no, don't mention that. Um, Same-sex marriage, don't mention that, although I'm not sure how controversial that is here, sadly. Um, controversial in California, because they had that law that you could get married to someone of the same sex, and then they repealed it. Um, I'm not quite sure how that works, but never mind. Yeah, don't mention that. Don't mention... Don't mention the war, no. Uh... Mention, mention the war. Thank, 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 thank them for that. Oh yeah, mention 9/11, and how uh, equally sad we were. Don't mention that London's been bombed for 30 years consistently, uh, and what they're whinging about. <laughs> That's controversial. So I didn't say, I didn't say that. Um, yeah, and then you're, you're basically there'll be putty in your hands. The whirring, by the way, sound that you may be able to hear is my computer fan going on because it's working hard. My poor little MacBook that I'm recording this on is basically war-beaten. But I think the more war-beaten it gets, the more I am attached to it. It goes to that stage where it's like pristine, and you love it because it's pristine. Then it gets a little mark on it, and you think, oh no, I've marked it. But now, I've, it's uniquely mine. There is no other MacBook in the world like this. 
that has the water stains on the screen, a bit of sellotape holding the plastic down, a chip off the top right corner, um, and but thankfully everything working well inside, apart from the internet, which I hope isn't my problem. Ginger snap and beer break. Oh, they're not so good together. Best kept apart. I assume that's a crystallised ginger causing that effect. Let me have another sip of beer. I could have had a beer at any time. Rather than making you listen to me drink it, I put it down. Um, because <laughs> that's rather rude. Uh, I'll brush the ginger snaps off my hand and try and play this song. It's not so easy to play, so I'll probably mess up and forget the lyrics. And I don't know what the sound will be like because I can't sound check it because I'm in the middle of doing the podcast. But I think it's worth just having it in the middle. Um, I've also got a bit of a cold, so they're all my excuses. Um, but we'll see. Uh, like all English folk songs, or at least a good proportion of them, it's about an unwanted pregnancy. Or unplanned pregnancy, rather. If it's a 
boy, he will fight for the king. And if it's a girl, she will wear a gold ring. She will wear a gold ring and a dress all aflame. And remember my service in Rosemary Lane. by Bert Janch. Uh, I saw Bert Janch a few years ago in uh, Colchester. He was very good. Um, better, than, <laughs> better than that. Um, I probably messed that song up. I never, always, I never remember whether to sing it in the first person or the third person. I think, it, like a joke, it works better in the first person, but then I have to pretend to be uh, a serving wench who gets impregnated by a sailor. <laughs> so, so it's a little bit more comfortable to do it in the third person. Um, but yeah, it's a great song. I, um, what else was I going to talk about? Massive pause there. I was trying to read my notes that I made. I think the thing I had left to talk about was I decided that I might bore you a little bit with science um, and tell you what I'm doing here at UNC at the moment. I'm working with the Han Laboratory. That's uh, Klaus Han. And they... Uh, work in developing these things called biosensors. Um, and what biosensors do is that they you, you basically tag them onto the side of a protein in, in the cell. So these proteins buzz about and uh, perform actions in the cell. So they, for example, there's a protein called actin, which polymerizes um, and creates these long polymers which give the cell some structure. And it can also, if they polymerize near the edge of the cell, they can change the cell shape make it grow uh, and they only uh, they don't polymerize all the time actually they the polymerization is the rate of polymerization is increased by other proteins um, and one of them there's a big sort of network of these things interacting and increasing the rates of things that do do things sort of enzymatic reactions um, and one of the key things in this process where the this polymerization happens at the leading leading edge is that um, cells grow but they can also if they retract at the other end they can actually move along a bit like um, a caterpillar I guess uh, so they, they push out at one edge and then they can track stuff at the back and then they sort of pulse themselves along um, but that's quite an interesting process because you, I guess um, certainly I before I knew a little bit more biology just think of, of cells of, as lumps of sort of homogeneous fluid um, but if you think about this thing about where they, they actually can move in, they can sense something in their environment and move towards it. So they actually have to do what's called polarise, which means that they have to do different things at the front and different things at the back. Now if you're just a sort of uh, balloon full of water, it's very difficult to do that. Um, and even you might think that even if your fluid in the middle of your balloon has lots of different things, if they're all diffusing about equally, how are you ever going to have anything apart from a homogenous mesh 
you know, so if something's happening at one end, then basically the same thing's happening elsewhere. It's like saying, um, okay, if we have uh, a room full of hot air and we leave it and, you know, this, this hot air has been there at some time, it's, there's, no, there's no heater in the room, then would we expect the room to be cold in one half and hot in the other? And the answer no, you don't you expect the heat to be well mixed. So you might expect the cells to be the same, but there's actually a... Um, they don't do this, they actually do create this sort of front and back signaling regions. regions. So the, the most popular explanation for it at the moment, and I think there's some evidence, certainly we think there's some evidence, that it's um, the case... I mean, there's other groups that this is a widely put forward hypothesis, is that what's happening is something called a Turing instability after the famous English mathematician Alan Turing, who was one of those people that worked at Bletchley Park, and he was what, the father of modern computing, so they say. Um, interesting guy, he basically commit, committed suicide because he was gay. Um, well, maybe there are other reasons. Um, but certainly he wasn't a very happy man, uh, because he couldn't be himself, whatever. Um, and possibly because he was working on these Turing instabilities. But the idea of a Turing instability is that, so in the case where you just have two things reacting, an A and a B, and you could, it turns out if you have a steady state, that is, you have to say so you have an equation for A and you have an equation for B that tells you how they change over time. Now you might have a, a state which is steady. So let's just, okay, let's, I'll simplify this. Let's, so you, you do this equation and you don't have any spatial things. So basically you just have A and B, two things, and you have how they evolve in time. Now you, with, when you have these things called steady states, which means that they don't change anymore. Actually, so there's one half of your equation is zero, and that tells you that they don't. Their rate of change is now zero. Now the same thing happens if you now have um, these A and B, but you have different concentrations of A at B. In principle, different concentrations at different parts of your region. This is probably making no sense, but never mind. And now we imagine that we actually have a steady state for A and B that is the same everywhere. So A, the concentration of A is is absolutely even, like the heat in the room is absolutely flat line. And same for B. Um, and you can show that this these steady states can be stable to, un to uh, uniform perturbation is the phrase. So if you move A by the if you increase the heat in the room by the same amount everywhere, it'll go back down to the same steady states. If you just if you increase it by a bit, it'll go the steady state that it was at before attracts it back to where it was, and you stay with the homogeneous perturbation. It turns out that if you have, if your A and your B are reacting together in a certain way, and they have different diffusing rates, that's different diffusion. That's the key. The absolute. So that means that um, they basically they move about randomly at different speeds. Then you can actually get a situation where, if that state is perturbed by non-uniform perturbation, so instead of increasing the heat in the room uh, everywhere evenly, increasing it, uh, putting a radiator in one corner, say, just for a little bit, you can switch it off straight away, then you get a non-uniform perturbation, and that can be unstable, which means it grows. So you have this sort of, uh, this region of, the region of the solution that grows away from your homogeneous steady state. So you in cells, just take it back to a concrete example, that's the boring math part. In cells what this means is is that you can have a a very, very slight stimulus and 
this might be a gradient of some pheromone or something. Very, very slight stimulus. And then you can polarize by this Turing instability and create very from a very, very similar signal, but slightly different. You can create very, very different regions of signaling. And then you can move up the gradient or down the gradient, whichever uh, way the biology works. Um, so that's what I work on at the moment. Uh, a lot of the lab work on that system in yeast, and what happens in yeast is that um, yeast can't actually move, but they can grow towards their mating partners. So they either vegetatively um, recreate or sexually recreate, re recreate, reproduce. Um, and it's all to do with what sort of what their environment is like and whether they can sense uh, a nice, attractive mate to grow towards. Um, I think that would be quite a good system in bars if everyone just stood still and then sort of slowly grew towards the person that they liked. It would be far more obvious about who liked who. <laughs> you wouldn't have this sort of uh, pantomime going on, never mind. Um, so some of the lab work on that, um, and they've been... Uh, they've got some really cool experiments and um, simulations which match up with the experiments very nicely. What's, so that's in the East. But in eukaryotic cells, so that's basically animal cells, the cells that make us up, it's it's less clear what's going on. Um, and people have suggested the pathway, and it looks like you could have this mechanism in this pathway. There's certain features which you must have to be able to achieve this, like um, it's called local excitation and global inhibition, which I won't really go into, but it's just some properties of your reactions. Um, so people have, have proposed it, but no one really knows whether they're proposition is right. But what the hand laboratory can do is they can take one of these things in this network and basically uh, mutate it so that it's never active unless you shine light on it and then, then it becomes active. So they can shine, they can do experiments where they pulse a small region of the cell with light and it, it grows in that region and actually that tells you an awful lot more information than uh, people have had before and I think that we'll be able to get something really cool out of that. Um, and I've got a model which uh, takes their experiment and uh, tries to model that and also making sure that in the uh, in the wild sort of system that it also has this Turing behaviour um, and it kind of works at the moment but what we need it's qualitatively correct but I think well I don't know that it's qual qualitatively it reproduces their experiment um, but what we need to do is pin it down with more experiments and um, really try and get some good qualitative uh, arguments for what's going on. So that's that. Um, it's very exciting. It's been kind of slow to get off the ground because uh, we moved buildings. Um, so the experimental side, uh, they're only getting up and running again now, really. And also, uh, they changed minds about what I wanted to do, what they wanted to do, the experimentalist, that is. Well, that's okay. That's, I think I'm happy with what I'm doing now. That's, it's uh, very tangible. So it's good. Uh, let me have some more beer. 35 minutes. wonder how long I should go on for. Awkward pause. Yeah, I'm really, and uh, a ginger snack while I'm here. So that's the science. Uh, I don't know where I'm going to put this podcast. Maybe I'll put it on iTunes. If I, I, think, I think they let you put things up on there. Apple being Apple. You can upload it there and then everyone knows iTunes. Well, if you don't know iTunes, then uh, tough. Uh, so I think that's about it. I will try and 
Oh, the, the other possible guest podcaster I think would be funny would be, would be Pete. Uh, but obviously him and Ross are in the UK, so uh, it may take some time to get those together, but we'll see. Basically, the whole point of this is for me to try and launch a career onto TMS. <laughs> Just kidding, but <laughs> that is the dream job. Um, not PMS, TMS. Um, that is the dream job. No doubt about it. Well, <laughs> I say that. It's not so dream job if you get a posting out to Pakistan, but um, I'm not sure that's going to happen in the near future. But the West Indies sounds alright. I think we'll cope for that. Uh, I think that's about it. I think I shall probably uh, say au revoir, as the French sometimes say. Uh, and until next time. I try and do this more regularly than my blog because uh, I don't do that very regularly. And I, did it a lot when I was in Boston, the blog, and it was good for them. But I looked back and most of my things were ranting about Americans. Uh, I don't feel there's a lot of mileage in that. I think I've vented everything about America. Well, I say that. What other crazy American things I've seen. Uh, this whole turning right on red thing, which I I think is basically a, a good metaphor for America in general, being able to turn right on red. Um, I As a... As a pedestrian, I absolutely hate it because you're walking, the white man is there, he's beeping at you saying you can cross. And even better than that, there's like a, they have like a 30 second countdown from when to the point where you can't cross. So you know I've got 10 seconds to cross the road. And you think you're safe. You think, you, I think I'm invincible. I'm on the crosswalk. I am God. No one can, no one, no one can touch me. Like in the UK, you know. And you think, you think, this is it. I can cross the road. None of these huge vehicles, and they are huge, these pickups, none of these huge vehicles are going to run over me. But, oh no, suddenly, out of nowhere, someone decides to turn right on red. Um, so as a pedestrian, I hate it, because you just, it's very confusing when you get out here. And, uh, you, given that you've already looked, uh, you've looked right for the car instead of to the left, because... The, when you're crossing the road and you think, right, I'll just look to the car coming on the left-hand side and actually the car's coming on the right-hand side, so you get it wrong. Um, but didn't get run over with that, but then the somebody's turning right on red. The flip side of this is, now I'm driving about, you pull up through a red light and you think, oh, I've got to get going, got to get going. You think, no, it's all right, I can turn right on red. This is amazing. I am God. I can turn right on a red light. This is incredible. Uh, and then, <laughs> so it's good. And then you almost hit a pedestrian. And you think, why are you walking across the road? I'm turning. Uh, fortunately, I've not hit any pedestrians or even scraped any. Um, some, some, some of the pedestrians are bigger than the cars. <laughs> so I don't really want to put a ding in my car with a massive uh, American. Um, well, not that English people aren't massive too, but we all know that large over here is large. And that, that applies to people, to fast food, uh, to cars, um, to distance. Um, tubs of triple ginger snaps, large. I'm not complaining about that, by the way. Uh, although my body might, and my mystery six pack might even complain about it more. It might even be further. Well, it definitely will be a deeper mystery. Um, what else is large over here? No, there's well, probably loads of things. TV's a lot bigger. I don't mean that in that it's more popular. Just that if you've got a potential audience of 250 million, you can spend a bit more on your TV, so uh, everything's a bit glossier. Uh, I don't know whether it's better. 
Yeah. I think. You, yeah, they. It's it's hard. They don't. You do, there's some things that I think of in the UK, some programs, and you just think you would never ever get that here. Not that I was a particularly big, big fan of them, but you just can't imagine a situation where Fox's big, big autumn series is a period drama on some fairly uh, obscure Victorian author that no one's ever heard of until the uh, BBC adaptation comes on and then everyone's heard of them. And include, I include the people on Newsnight Review on this. I'm sure they've never heard of them. And then the thing comes on and then they, they read the book like it was a... Like, they, like they've loved it since they were five, when in actual fact, <laughs> this is the cynic in me, in actual fact, they, uh, they, haven't, they haven't got a clue until the, the, the BBC version that they dislike because they like the book so much comes on. Um, yeah, so that TV, large. Uh, beers, smaller. What's that about? Everything bigger, but beer is smaller. Pints are like four-fifths the size, I think. Maybe like 12 ounces or six, I can't remember. Um, I know this beer is 12 ounces, this seems like not a pint. But then, so when I go back to the UK, that's good though, because I get a beer and it's like suddenly I'm living in a giant world where beer comes from this endless bucket. Um, are there any other things that are smaller? I don't know. But they probably are. I don't think it's really uh, cheaper to go out for food here or or to go to the supermarket to buy food. Just, seems to me it's about the same price. The difference is, well, the same price to... It's like an investment, because here... The same price, like, your setup cost of, like... Actually, if you go out for dinner, you know you're going to pay this much money, and it's about the same as in the UK. The difference is, is that you know here, that if you want to, you can spend that much money, and you can take home your food for the week... Well, food for the next day. Um, so, in that sense, it's cheaper. It's a terrible waste, of course. Um, yeah. Maybe with the economy, they'll downsize the portions. That can only be that can only be a win-win, right? Downsize the portion. I mean, Obama's on all about about um, revitalizing healthcare and so on, which is great. But uh, if you had less fat people, and I include myself in this, less fat people with uh, health complaints going to uh, claim, then maybe that would make. Well, that's an argument for the NHS to be, I guess, people pay their insurance and they're entitled to be ill. Although that's not how it feels, of course, because you you get you, not the hat and I'll touch wood, um, <laughs> touch wood and drinking my dark beer, um, dark Mexican beer that might make me ill. Is that better xenophobia or is that racism? No, the Mexicans aren't a race. That's definitely xenophobia. Um, would hey green? No, I don't know. I'll, I'll leave the racism xenophobia for another day. Um, where was I? Where was I? Oh, yes, healthcare. Yeah, you don't, I don't want to get ill because I think you've, you know, it's like you could either, you get ill and you think, well, I could either make myself better or I could deal with it and buy a nice guitar with the difference. Uh, <laughs> although you have insurance, of course, you still get charged. Um, some, some, you know, you know, they, they told me very nicely that, oh, don't worry because if your bills edge up over $1,000, then we, we'll pay for everything. That's the maximum you'll ever pay. And I was like, well, for $1,000, I can go, I can get a flight home go to the NHS and have $250 spare, uh, which is, you know, great, as long as you can get on a plane. Um, <laughs> come over and be a burden on the NHS, that's it. Um, a further burden. Yeah, so, where did, where did I start with this? Things that were smaller. Oh yeah, that would be better if Americans were smaller. 
better no, no North Americans are smaller. Better if portions were smaller. Yes, that would be better. Because uh, I wouldn't eat them all then. I don't ever take it all home, I just eat it. Uh, and then feel terrible. Um, like, I'm gonna... That's the lid being shut of the triple ginger snaps because they're basically more addictive than heroin. Um, Alright, no one wants to hear me shut the triple ginger snaps. Because I can't do it. PhD and I can't shut the box of triple ginger snaps. That says an awful lot about a PhD, quite rightly. Anyway, I am gonna say goodnight again after my second rant. And after saying I wasn't gonna rant about Americans and then ended up ranting. Uh, I'll rant about British people next time. Uh, Alright, thanks for listening. Bye!